as quietly as possible along the dark pathway. Davo rode up beside me. We gotta change course, he called out. I'm not going anywhere near that fucking zoo. He was right. If those apes were loose, who knows what else was out there. Up ahead on our left was a swing gate leading out of the gardens, a signal to the others to follow me. We peeled out onto a side street behind the old hospital. The windows along the front of the building to our left kept flashing our reflections back at us. In my peripherals, it felt like we were being followed. What are you thinking? Davo asked me. Maybe we can go on the streets for a few blocks, head down behind the Union Museum, and then swing back towards the river. Try and put some space between us and the zoo. Yeah, righto. So much for the fucking parks being safer. He grumbled. It was in that moment that the clouds above us finally gave in and began dumping their heavy load. They'd been groaning since before the first impacts, and now savage claws of lightning raked across the sky, illuminating the field to our right in flashes of near daylight. To be honest, it was almost a relief. The noise of the thunder and rain would probably help to distract the infected and might conceal our movement. That was until we noticed the smell. Like burnt matches or a deep rot, the heavier the rain fell, the more pungent the scent became. What's that stench? Davo called out. I don't know, I replied, but I think we should try and find some cover. As we fed out off the side street and onto a main road, we saw the fog. A massive wall of it lay between us and the river, stretching a good 40 or 50 foot up into the sky. The light from a flash of lightning forced its way a few metres into it, illuminating stumbling human figures within, as well as the gigantic silhouette of something that definitely wasn't. I skidded to a stop in the middle of the road and looked up at the fog as it arced overhead like a tidal wave in slow motion. Sadia grabbed at my arm. Look, there, she whispered. Lying across the gutter were two corpses. Rainwater had begun to pool around the bodies where they blocked the drain. Their skin rippled with blisters, and black sludge bubbled out of wounds and orifices into the stream of water running down the road. It reminded me of those time-lapse videos of dead animals being eaten by insects and disintegrating in seconds. Except this wasn't a photographic trick. It was happening in real time. On any other day, the sight would have turned my stomach. But I just stood there, staring as the bodies dissolved. Then there was a strange whipping sound behind me. And before I even realized what was happening, I was lying on my back, on the wet street, being dragged by my leg towards the fog. A black tendril, like the one that took Gina, was wrapped around my right ankle. I clawed at it with my good hand and screamed out to the others before remembering my knife. It was jammed between the layers of plastic body armour on my left forearm. 
I pulled it free and stabbed the short blade into the tendril. The grip tightened on my leg as I struck at it repeatedly, trying to gouge a hole. The whole thing was covered in a thick layer of mucus or slime. My knife sunk in up to the hilt, but I don't think it reached whatever was underneath the outer layer. I pulled the blade free, and the small gash I had sliced open closed up like jelly and vanished in an instant. The knife was completely useless. Visions of my family flashed through my mind as I was dragged across the wet asphalt. Was this it? Game over? Then, once again, my foul-mouthed guardian angel saved the day. Screaming profanities, Davo smashed the shovel head into the tendril and jumped on it with both feet, severing it in two. The end, attached to me, writhed like a decapitated snake as I kicked it away. The ground shook with a guttural growl as the rest of the tendril retreated. Davo pulled the jagged crankset out of his belt and stood, berserker weapons in both hands, facing off against the churning mountain of fog, fully committed to taking on whatever horrors came out of it. I scrambled to my feet as a swarm of light spun out towards us, slowly drawing the infected along behind them. One of the lights hovered above Davo's head, but he didn't freeze up this time. He spat at the crackling ball of energy and tried to swat it away with his shovel. Fuck you, you fucking ET piece of shit! Then Sadia called out to us. Mr. Tom, look there! Barreling down the footpath leading out of the university campus to our left was a black SUV. The whole front end of the vehicle was engulfed in flames. It swerved wildly to avoid a bin. Someone was behind the wheel. The engine growled as it approached, smashing through an iron-spiked fence and launching the flaming hunk of metal through the air and straight into the fog. As the wheels left the ground, the driver bailed and jumped free of the vehicle, rolling across the street in front of us. Davo staggered back as a ball of flames billowed out of the fog and the beast within shrieked and howled. A massive, flaming tendril twisted out of the fire and fog, slammed into the street beside us and scraped across the road. The driver lay on his back at my feet, a twisted smile across his bloodied face. He held up his hand for help, so I pulled him to his feet. After glancing at his handiwork and then back at me, he burst into laughter, then stumbled over to the still writhing section of tendril that Davo had sliced off the beast. He picked it up and draped it around his neck like a fucked up feather boa. He was shirtless and started writhing and dancing around in the rain, seemingly reveling in the chaos around him. An infected woman, her skin and hair burning like a torch, ran out of the fog straight at him. Davo swung his shovel at her legs, snapping both of them backwards at the knees. She clawed at the man's black jeans, shrieking. Furious that she had interrupted his victory dance, he kicked her away and stamped her head into the ground a few times before hopping around shaking his foot to try and extinguish the flames that had crept up his leg. Once they were out, he sidled up close to Davo and squinted at him. Mm, you guys are fun, he exclaimed and then turned to me. Any of you sick? I just shook my head. Lovely. I'm Anton. Let's get away from this mess, shall we? He flipped the bird to the fog and then wandered back into the university. 
Sadia and Devo looked at me for guidance. I didn't know what to say, so I just picked up my bike and walked after him. After weaving through the campus for a while, he took a sharp turn down a path between two buildings and shoved open a heavy side door, holding it open for us to push our bikes through. He let it slam shut behind us and then headed into the dark hallway ahead, whistling a merry tune to himself. We left our bikes by the door and followed. The hall cut through the entire length of the building. Doors along it opened up into dusty storage and utility rooms. There was a low mechanical hum buzzing in the walls. At the end of the hall, Anton turned and bounded up a flight of stairs to the right. After passing a few floors, we could see light pouring out of a doorway. It stung my eyes as we entered the large room, and it took a few moments for my vision to adjust. It was some kind of lab. Banks of cold fluorescent lights lit rows of spotless white benches. Another guy, and a girl, sat in the brick surrounds of a large circular window on the far wall. They both started a light round of applause as we entered the room. Our new companion twirled around flamboyantly, basking in the moment before dramatically dumping the severed chunk of tendril down on one of the pristine white bench tops and taking a bow before his admirers. A masterful display, the girl announced as she walked over to him and held up a cigarette to his lips for him to take a drag. The guy grabbed a towel from a shelf under the bench and began wiping down Anton's dark shoulder-length hair. You're so brave, he gushed. Anton took the towel and wiped a layer of slime off his shoulders, back and chest, then threw it across the room. Right, introductions, he said, spinning back to us. Like I said, I'm Anton, and these two spectacular creatures are Tuesday and Wilson. They each nodded as their names were called, and the three of them stood in a line across from us. Tuesday took a drag on her cigarette and looked us up and down. Davo pointed at her with his shovel. Your name's Tuesday, he asked. She raised one eyebrow and nodded. Like the day of the week? She nodded again. Fair enough. I'm Davo. This is Tom. Uh, that's Sadia. And um, I don't know the boy's name. Anton clapped his hands together loudly. Fantastic. Now we all know each other. He started to turn away from us when Davo piped up again. How's the power on here still? Anton sighed and Tuesday rolled her eyes. Generators, Dave. There are generators downstairs, she replied, and then turned and whispered something in Anton's ear. It's Davo, he mumbled, but no one was listening. The three of them crowded around the bench, watching the tendril as it slowly twisted and curled.
Business names and certain architectural details have been fabricated to avoid comparison with any actual properties. For more information please visit tailchart.com forward slash terraforming. Copyright Jasper St. Auburn West, 2020. All rights reserved.